He is Mike Sando. What's happening, Mike? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Well, that's our pleasure. Let's let's start with one of the bigger issues that we're dealing with here, and it's a potential coaching change. Not sure if it's going to happen, if it's not going to happen. What do you make of the Sean Payton sweepstakes? Do you think he might be interested in the Cardinals' job should it come open? Uh, sure. I mean, he, he could be. I think the degree of power that he's going to get and then also the compensation of the Saints are the two big issues. So if you notice in the Denver press conference when they had George Payton up there with the new owner, the new owner kind of dangled a carrot. He's like, hey, the head coach is going to report to me, right? That's kind of a wink and a nod to, to Sean Payton or who these other guys are that, hey, don't worry about this GM guy here. You know, you're going to, you, we got a wide berth, buddy. You come in. So, you know, is that something Mike Bidwell's looking to do? Because when you look at the at what he has gravitated towards, it's been stability and familiarity. He has a trust level, obviously, with Steve Keim, and he's kept Steve through a lot of ups and downs. They've had some good years. They've had some bad times. There's had times when you could have extended him, you could have fired him, but he's liked whatever the relationship there, right? That's been important. So. Have we seen Mike Goodwill go out and just hire a GM who's going to shake it up and do his own thing? Nope. Uh, we, we haven't seen that. So there's been comfortable people that you know you can work well with, whether it was Rod Graves, right? Mm-hmm. These guys are going to be um, – they're not going to come in necessarily and turn it upside down and and you know run the show completely. They're going to do it in the kind of the vision of the owner and all that. So – we will see if that's the route that they want to go. They do. I think we obviously think they're going to have a new GM, but is that GM going to come in and work with Cliff Kingsbury for a year? Is he going to hire the new coach? I don't think we really know that. Yeah, we we really don't. We really don't. And one thing I'm curious with Sean, uh, Mike, is that he, obviously he's going to take, there's a lot of things that will have to fit right for the job he would take. And you mentioned Denver. I mean, would he want to think that, see if he can resurrect Russell Wilson, if that's the right word? The question here I posed with Dan earlier, does would he really want to coach a, quote, running quarterback who's not a pocket guy? So all those questions are out there. But I'm curious your take on quarterbacks oh. like that, like Kyler Murray, well, like Lamar Jackson. Well, Sean, yeah. But Sean Payton has relished that. I mean, he signed Taysom Hill. Right. And he loved having weird game plans and doing all kinds of different stuff. Drew Brees was a short quarterback. They didn't think he was going to be able to succeed from the pocket. Uh, and so they set up a system there with a good run game and deeper drops for the quarterback. And obviously, Drew Brees was already a pretty good quarterback. He, he had had success with uh, the Chargers, but that ended up being a good pairing. I think the way that he was willing to do Taysom Hill and, and have weird game plans and kind of outsmart people, right, and do it when people said they couldn't do it, um, puts everything on, on the table. As far as. But let me, let me just know, say this first. But, but ahead, Taysom Hill, that, that was. He wasn't the starter. And in fact, when it was all told, oh, he might end up being the starter last season, he went with Jameis Winston. He went with some more of the pocket. The, yeah, but he paid him $16 million a year. So he did. They have a gadget True. player, and he talked him up like he was going to do it, and then found out, I think, he couldn't do it. Exactly. But, uh, I don't think that Sean Payton... Look, all of these situations are imperfect. The, you know, is he... Is he going to come in somewhere and have Patrick Mahomes? Uh, maybe not. I think the Saints control a lot of the cards, too. I mean, if you're Mickey Loomis of the GM of the Saints, you're, I would want two number ones. 
I would want the John Gruden package, that's right? True. That's true. Yeah, and that's it. So that's pretty Denver doing that without a, without any picks except for the one they got from Miami for Bradley Chubb. Maybe, maybe they want to do it. Is that the best move for the Cardinals? That's a good point. Uh, help what us. They're doing. Yeah, help us make yeah. sense of what you think is happening in the NFC. It's funny because somebody uh, put this out on social media that if you took all the one score games in the NFL and reversed the outcomes, the Vikings would be <laughs> one in fifteen right now. <laughs> so try. Yeah, to, I love that. Yeah, so trying to get your head around who is really what in the NFC. I I, I don't even know if we still know yeah. at this point. Handicap what we think we're seeing as we get yeah. near the end of the season. Well, I, I do think it opens it up to unusual things. Like normally you would think the 49ers with a quarterback like Brock Purdy or even Jimmy Garoppolo, you might question, hey, could they go all the way? Well, everyone's got those issues in the NFC this year, right? Uh, the teams with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are not lighting it up. You don't feel like they're going to go all the way. So you're left with Philadelphia, which is a very good roster, but a little bit of a banged-up quarterback who, you know, if they get behind and have to play off script, who knows what it's going to look like. And I think that's true for just about all of these teams, uh, really all of them in the NFC, you're not 100% sure that if they had to really put it on their quarterback's back, could they do it? Whereas I think in the AFC, you feel like if you were one of those teams, you're going to run up against a Josh Allen or a Pat Mahomes or even a Joe Burrow, or who knows, maybe Justin Herbert on his best day. And those guys may be able to put it on their back, and you may not be able to keep up, uh, you know, in a pass-type, shootout-type game. In the NFC, why not the 49ers, mm, right? Yeah. I think they're a complete, pretty complete team, uh, and they've got to the doorstep of the championship before. They've been in the championship game, and I kind of like them. And in the position they're in, just kind of, oh, by the way, we're 11-4. and four. They'll get Devo Samuel back at a certain point. They probably have the best pass rusher in Bosa. Um, so, you know, they're, they're a really, to me, a team in the NFC to watch even if Philly's been the best team. Yeah, and, and with Christian McCaffrey. And the thing is, I think, I think there's a perception, Mike, with Kyle Shanahan, well, the offensive coach and the pass-happy, well, they're the pass-happy guy. They're not a pass-happy team. I mean, they're built around the run and def- and great defense and just say to the quarterback, hey, don't make that killer mistake. And certainly that's the way Garoppolo was a lot of the time. And so far, that's the way Brock Purdy has been. Well, yeah, I think I think Kyle Shanahan cemented what he wants to do when he had when he had Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball about eight times, like it was nineteen seventy five Chuck Knox in a playoff game against the Vikings a couple of years ago. So, you know, he's had a Matt Ryan and thrown it around, but he's very comfortable and probably more of his nature to run, play action, play. But the defense is just a great security blanket. You know, I mean, that just keeps you in just about every game. So they can really play a lot of these games on their terms. They're not falling behind having to play, you know, when it's more difficult. So I really like, really like where they're at, like their team, and it, maybe it works out for them. Now they'll probably get, if they get to the Super Bowl, you know, they'll probably lose to one of those teams with the great quarterbacks. But, hey, a lot of teams would like to be in that spot. All right. No, I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right. When you take a look, one of the big stories coming into this year was all these marquee quarterbacks who switched locations. And I think from Russell Wilson to Matt Ryan, we've had a lot of surprises, not for the better. Um, Your thoughts moving forward, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and now Derek Carr, who seems to be done in Vegas as well. What what do you think is going to happen in that regard? Yeah, I... I still think Brady can do it. Uh, I do a podcast every week with Randy Mueller, a longtime executive. He doesn't like the way Brady's looked recently. He knows a lot more about 
evaluating quarterbacks than I do, but I, I just sort of felt like it's been a tough year for Brady from a kind of an emotional frustration standpoint. He's a very frustrated. He he shows his frustrations, right? We've seen that. I think I think him in the right spot could still be really good. I'm not sure where that is. I don't know the nature of his relationship with Josh McDaniels, but that comes to mind. Uh, certainly Miami was in the mix before. There were tampering charges, but with Tua Tungavaloa's health and future in question, I think you have to at least entertain that type of an option for him. Um, Rogers, I'm not so sure. I've kind of felt like it's been a little bit quieter there. And I've talked to people that have different feelings in the league that, hey, it's kind of a given that he's coming back next year. They'll build it around him. That's why there's not the drama. There are some people I know that, uh, you know, know Rogers a little bit, feel like he's still frustrated and may stick it to him somehow in this offseason. So I think that one remains to be seen, uh, what's going to happen with him. And then who is the third? Oh, Carr. Uh, Carr's done, I think, for sure with the Raiders. That's just such a bizarre move to bench him when you're still in the hunt, technically. Yeah. You just don't really see that. You know, anytime there's a flicker of hope, you usually sprint to the wire. So that is a signal to me that the owner does not want to pay, be on the hook for the $40 million. Mm-hmm. He may be done with him. I think the Raiders are a little discombobulated that way in terms of the vision of the owner, the coach. It's hard to figure out. They shined all these guys before the season. Who wanted to do that? Uh, I don't know where they're at, but Carr certainly could come available. The jokes on Twitter were that Indy will just sign him because they just sign a card type by every year, you know. Uh, but I think there are some teams that, you know, there, there are some teams that it could make sense for at least looking at if you're if you're a team like the Jets and you have a really great defense. So the story that I wrote today in the Athletic looked at all of these quarterbacks, kind of pegged around Carr and said some of them have had very extremely good help from their own defense and special teams, and some have had extremely bad help. And Carr is towards that end where he hasn't had any help from the defense and special teams. In fact, since he came into league, the Raiders are 32nd in defense and special teams. And so if you were to put somebody like that who can at least run an offense, he's pretty good in the two-minute drill, that type of thing, a little bit like Kirk Cousins that way, uh, put him on a team with a top-five defense like the Jets, um, I think there's possibilities there where they would maybe take a step forward. I loved uh, your betrayal index. I had forgotten about that for, as it relates <laughs> to quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a huge difference in, you know, I think there's so many quarterbacks that are kind of in the middle that uh, if you put them in a good situation where their defense is good, and shoot, remember this in Arizona, when, you know, when they got Todd Bowles going or they got the defense going, uh, they're, suddenly Carson Palmer is winning a lot of those games, right? It just right. makes it so much yeah. easier to win. Yeah, how about it? All right, Mike, thank you so much for your time. Everybody, you can read Mike Sano's stuff in The Athletic. It's always great, always compelling. We appreciate your time, brother.